Welcome back to the What's Next series. This is part four. This is part four, um, Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm with my guy, D Knight, who is kind of unique to the guests I've had on. Everybody else has been a basketball creator, but D Knight is just the biggest cast fan I know. And he's also a creative when it comes to music. He's a rapper from the Dane area, very good at what he does. D Knight, I appreciate you joining the channel. Good with it. Thank you for having me, bro. For sure. Um, but first, I just want to talk about, you know, your background. Um, you know, you in the music scene, can you just explain to everybody, you know, your music when you started and just where everybody can find your music? Yeah, so um, my name, my artist name is D Knight, that's D dot K N I G H T. Um, I got serious uh, about music around the time I was 13, 14 years old. So pretty much like my freshman year at Springfield High is when I got serious about it. And I've just been on, just been on the roll ever since. Um, I got a whole bunch of music out. You can find me on any streaming platform. Uh, just look up my artist name, D Knight, and you can find me on social media at D Knight Is Real. Um, all my social media is the same. So if you see D Knight Is Real, that's that's me. Um, I don't have a blue check mark yet, but that's definitely me. So, yeah. <laughs> very soon, man's got nominated for an award recently. I mean, you got an album coming out very soon, correct? Yeah, I am finishing up an album that I'm planning on releasing sometime in September. So uh, we definitely on the road with that as well. Yeah, if there's anything like Life is Precious, I'm, I'm definitely going to be intrigued about it, man, for sure. Hey, I got a feeling you might like it, man, because we, we kind of headed in that, in that direction, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to definitely leave his socials in the description, so y'all please go check him out. Makes some amazing music. And let's get into the Cleveland Cavaliers, because you are probably one of the two most dedicated Cavs fans that I know. Like, you're somebody that's really a diehard Cleveland Cavalier fan. Um, even after LeBron left and all that, you're still rocking with Cleveland. Um, I just want to ask, like, be honest, were you surprised at all about the success that the Cavs had this season? I was absolutely um, surprised. I didn't expect Garland to have the type of leap that he had. And um, I knew Mobley was going to be really good. Um, I wasn't sure how good he was going to be, but I didn't expect him to have that immediate of an impact. So I was I was definitely blown away, you know, like with the, the first uh, couple weeks into the NBA season and we're winning these games. You know, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited because I know, you know, like we had, we had a pretty strong start last season and we know how that ended. So I was thinking this year, like, uh, we might, uh, you know, fall off uh, here soon. But we just kept going and going up and even through all the injuries that we had, we would still find a ways to at least stay competitive and even pull out some wins from time to time. And the fact that we made it to the play-in was, you know, it's something to be celebrated in my opinion. Like I know a lot of Cavs fans are upset by how the by how our season ended, which I'm I was upset by that as well. But um in the overall grand scheme of things, we have to look at where we was at last year and what we were and where we got to this season. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for the future. Definitely. I remember I texted you. I think it was after y'all played the Lakers. It was like a Friday night game. I remember I texted you, y'all lost that game, but I'm like, nah, this cast team is for real. And I remember like this year before, it was kind of a, a good start for y'all, but then everything just fizzled out and you guys ended up being one of the worst teams. But this year just felt a little different, like just from watching you guys. Garland looked a lot better, even though his numbers didn't like jump up drastically. He just looked more confident. And I, I was very surprised that the three big lineup worked. Um, when you first saw that you guys were going to be starting three seven footers, were you like a fan of that, or did you think, like, no, there's no way that this is going to work? Man, so so when we first traded for Mark, and I was shocked that we even got him in a trade because I did like him a lot in Chicago. 
But um, I remember when we got that trade, I was talking to you about it on Twitter, and you had mentioned we have three seven footers, and I was like, hmm, like he got a point. I'm I'm not quite sure how that's gonna work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to my surprise, um, that lineup worked very well, and so yeah, I was definitely shocked by that for sure. Yeah, I remember like I think they had played a certain amount of minutes together. I know injuries, like you mentioned, kept creeping in. But they were like, I think the best plus minus team or box, it was like box score or something. Like they were the best team in basketball. Like when you look at certain advanced statistics, which was such a surprise. Um, definitely give a lot of credit to coach JB Bickerstaff because he's been like, I think one of the most underrated coaches in the league. Can you just talk about his impact that he's had on the team, just changing the culture in Cleveland? Yeah, man. Um, so when we first hired JB, I was pretty skeptical. I'm not going to lie. Because, you know, uh, well, first and foremost, I didn't like how you fired um, Tyron Lue. I felt like he wasn't really given a fair shot uh, dealing with the roster without LeBron. So I feel like that move was pretty much premeditated. I think after LeBron left, we kind of knew that he was going to get rid of Coach Lou. And, you know, then we went through uh, Coach Daylene, who we got from Michigan. And I have pretty high hopes about him because, you know, Michigan's uh, college program is like, they're just elite, you know. And so when I got that we used to, we hired bigger staff, I was like, um, I don't I don't know too much about this, but I'm gonna give him a shot. So coming into this season, I didn't really have uh, high expectations for him, but you know, just seeing uh, the, uh, the type of impact that he was able to have, and you know, his ability to have you know all of our young guys buy into the locker room atmosphere, you know, it, it really speaks uh, a lot of volume. So he, he definitely did a did a great job, you know, handling our roster this year and just, you know, finding a way to make the, the three bigs work and, you know, give Garland the space he needs to, to shine and, and, you know, uh, run our offense and just have the other guys work around that. So yeah, um, kudos to him for sure. Definitely, um, we're, gonna, we're gonna get to Darius Garland because that's, he, he's such a young star player. Like that's one of my favorite guys to watch. We're going to talk about him. Yeah. But I think we can both agree. And I think a lot of people with any sense can agree. Like if, if y'all were able to stay healthy for most of the season, y'all were probably not going to even be in the plane. You would have been a playoff team because that's just how good this team was. So, I mean, you mentioned like it was still a successful season, but what do you think like the ceiling of this team? I'm kind of jumping a little bit, but going into next season, if they could stay healthy, like how good do you think this team could be together? Man, um, if we stay healthy, I, I can really see us getting to, I can see us getting to uh, the second round at most. Um, I know a lot of, I know, sir, you know, some Cavs fans see us as contending next season. Uh, I would probably put the brakes on that because I feel like in order to be a contender, you have to have at least, uh, at least you have to have a, a top 10 player on your roster. And so if Garland or even Mobley for that matter has like some type of crazy jump where they become a top 10 player, then we could probably have that conversation. But as of right now, I could see us uh, probably a, a second round exit, which if you're a Cavs fan, you can't be, I don't think you can be too mad at that. Definitely, I mean, yeah, it's definitely to be seen if DG can jump into that top 10 conversation someday, but you guys yeah. did have two all-stars, one of the few teams that did have two all-stars. I'm just talking a little bit about Jared Allen and Darius Garland. Just go ahead and rave about how good those guys were this year. Oh man, they're like the best, uh, or one of the best alley-oop duos in the NBA, man. Like just seeing Garland just, just throw that rock up to him and <laughs> just like the, 
man, like, and Allen just come down with it. Like, Garland make it look like it's a floater, then Allen come out of nowhere and just slam it, man. Like, like the chemistry they have is just unbelievable. And and the fact that we was able to get Allen um, from that James Harden deal is definitely one of the biggest deals in the NBA over the past couple of seasons, if you ask me. And, you know, just, just what Allen brings to... Well, I want to talk more about Allen, you know, and what he brings to our defensive side. Because, you know, just the way he's able to to really lock down the paint and force you to to go outside and score instead of, you know, rack up points in the paint, you know, against us. Like, he, he definitely had a big impact on us defensively. And we was one of the worst uh, team, defensive teams in the NBA uh, not too long ago. So, um, you know, when Allen went down with that injury, um, his, pre you know, the lack of his presence was definitely, you know, felt not just on the offensive side, but but more so on the defensive side as well. You know, him and Mo make a great punch down there. But going back to going back to Garland and you know the type of chemistry they have, man. You know, it's just it's just scary to watch if you're the opposing team because you have because you have Garland who's already one of the hardest players to guard in the NBA in my opinion, and then you have a monster like Allen down low that you have to watch out for not only that but you got Mobley on the other side of the paint it's like you know like 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 supposed to do with that <laughs> so yeah it was definitely fun to watch and just see how their chemistry developed over the course of this past season for sure like y'all were definitely one of my most watched teams like outside of the Boston Celtics like I watched a lot of Cleveland Cavalier games this season and you mentioned how Jerry Allen he went down with the injury that kind of changed the course of the year for y'all but you also brought up the one-two punch on the defense side of the floor that him and Evan Mobley, you know, tend to, you know, give opposing teams problems because, you know, Allen is such a great backside defender, but Mobley's defensive versatility was something that I did not see coming. Like, I remember there were some games, like, I'm, I'll keep going back to the game when y'all played the Lakers early in the season. He would switch on a LeBron and hold his own. And not a lot yeah. of people can do that, especially a rookie seven-footer. And he was doing that routinely throughout the season against guards. Like, he was holding his own. Like, can you just talk about how impressive his rookie season was and just, you know, how excited you are for the future of his career? Yeah, man. Mobley's rookie season was, was uh, I was just blown away by it, just by his ability to, um, to defend so well. And... Um, you could even see the progression on offense he had over the course of the season. Cause I know in the beginning he was kind of like, I don't want to say clumsy, but he just had kind of uh, a bit of trouble, like, you know, always gathering himself and whatnot. But over time, like when I went to the Atlanta Hawks game on New Year's Eve, you know, just seeing like Mobley's move in the, in the post, how he's hitting turnaround jumpers and even he's sending some threes here and there, you know, he, he, he's definitely kind of like a, you know, people compare him to like, you know, KG or, or Anthony Davis or somebody like that. I, and I could definitely see a little bit of that in him for sure. So, um, yeah, I was I was pretty upset when he when he didn't win Rookie of the Year. I'm not going to lie. I, I really wanted to see him win it since we ain't had a guy winning in such a long time. But um, but yeah, man, Mobley is definitely somebody that I'm like super excited for. And, and I think Mobley has a very, very high ceiling. Like we talk about Garland uh, potentially being a top 10 player. I actually think Mobley has a better chance due to the upside he has on defense. The fact that he can guard all five positions, the fact that he's a big man who can, who can hit threes, who knows how to post up, who, who can even do uh, some chase down blocks from time to time. I, I can see him being, you know, having that type of impact uh, for our roster for years to come. 
yeah what, what i hear a lot of like nba guys say about him is like when he would get smaller defenders on him like he would you know call for the ball in the post like he would really post up you know try and make something out of that and it's it was kind of good to see how advanced his offensive game was as a rookie because he was known for his defensive side of the floor like what he could do on on defense but his offense like the fact that you know he can come out of a pick and roll and make a pass like make a play like be a really good playmaker out of pick and rolls and you know hit the face up jump shot maybe hit some three sometimes and like you said like his upside if his offense can ever reach like even scratch the surface of an Anthony Davis or a KG or even like a Chris Bosh who some people compare him to it's scary and the fact that you have him Jared Allen's locked up for the next four years Derek Bond was locked up you know for I think the next five years like the young talent in Cleveland is definitely there, which is something we haven't been able to say for a long time. So it's definitely right. good to see. Yeah, I don't think it's something that we've really been able to say ever, honestly, because we, we've been so conditioned. We, we were just so spoiled with LeBron, you know, early on. So whenever, and even when he came back to town, like we wasn't worried about young talent. We surrounded him with, with best guys in the league, guys to know how to win. So this is really like the first time a lot of Cavs fans have seen a team with, uh, this type of young talent like it's definitely new for all of us and that's why we're so excited about it like I like I even seen somebody uh, say that this is like the best uh, Cavs team we've had and and not even and and of course I disagree with that because I mean our 2016 roster was crazy but it was just talking like in terms of like chemistry and just like the type of upside that you know that the guys have for you know for our roster and whatnot so yeah you know uh definitely an exciting time to be a Cavs fan for sure so hopefully we're able to really push it um even into next season yeah you just brought up 2016 so I, I gotta ask what was it like being in Cleveland during game seven of the NBA finals which the man. Cavs ended up winning of course like what was that experience like man that experience was like a movie honestly I'll never forget it it was so hot that day and we're all just packed downtown like watching this big screen and um and honestly, like like the whole game really had us on the edge of our seats. But I, I feel like a lot of us in Cleveland at the time just knew. I, I feel like we all pretty much knew what time it was. Like um, like I was definitely like I was I was more anxious than I was nervous because I I just had a feeling that we was going to find a way to pull it out, and you know just just witnessing you know the the Kyrie Irving shot to the block that LeBron had and the, and the, you know, the stop that Kevin Love had, that was, that was super clutch. And even some of the, the threes that J.R. Smith hit, you know, over the course of the game, like it was just, it was really just a magical experience. And, you know, once the buzzer went off, like the whole city just started jumping up and down. Like I've never, you know, been a part of nothing like that before. And I probably won't ever be a part of nothing like that again, to be honest, because it's just like, you know, just seeing a, a city win a championship for the first time, it, it's it's like something out of a Disney movie, you know? <laughs> like, this is not supposed to happen for real, but it happened and, you know, I'll be forever grateful to be a part of it. Not for sure. And it's it's crazy how you just, like, recall so many moments from that game. Like, even the J.R. Smith, like, he had two jumpers to start the second half. Like, it's, it's something about that game, like, to me, where I just remember, like, every part. And I've only watched that game, only watched it one time live. That's the only time I ever watched that game. But, like, like you just mentioned, so many different things. Like, I remember all of those events, like Kevin Love stopped. You know, of course, Kyrie shot LeBron's block. You know, Steph Curry throwing the behind the back pass out of bounds. Like, all those moments, like, that's just how iconic that game is. Like you said, it's like, it was like a Disney movie. Like, just the way the Cavs were able to come back 
when the first championship in Cleveland was like what 60 years or something like that like yeah 50, yeah 52 years or something it, it's man yeah. it's been a, such a long time definitely and it's good to see y'all like not, like of course that moment happened and LeBron leaves and everything but being able to rebound is something that we haven't seen Cleveland do but now with this new front office you know new coaching and just new players coming in it's the future's looking up and let's go ahead and transition to like the offseason because you, you mentioned you guys lost in the play into the Atlanta Hawks which it was just tough because injuries were piled up against you guys, but you guys gave them a good fight. Um, 44 wins on the season, which is very impressive because I think the win total was like 25 coming into the year. Yeah. And you guys ended up getting a lottery pick, you know, even after having been one of the feel-good stories of the season. Um, can you just talk about you guys' draft in general? You drafted Abaji out of Kansas and then got Evan Moby's brother, brother Isaiah onto the team. Um, have you been able to watch Summer League at all to kind of, you know, gauge these prospects and see how they can come in and help the team? Yeah, so I was actually watching Summer League um, a couple nights ago against, uh, I want to say that we played the Spurs. Uh, no, no, Denver. We played Denver. Yeah, um, so so one guy who's really caught my attention was RJ Nimhard. Uh, I've only watched him one time, um, but, I, but I see the game before Denver, he scored like 26 points. And when I watched him, it, it seems like he's he's pretty good on on offense. So I feel like he can definitely bring something to the table uh, for our roster. Um, maybe an off the bench score because we could definitely use uh, some more guys who can come off the bench and, and score. Even though we had a pretty good bench last year, but definitely the more the merrier for sure. Um, our first round draft pick, uh, bro out of Kansas. Um, so I did see his name on a lot of. Uh, mock draft so that's pretty much who I expected us to get and I watched him a little bit in, in the tournament I mean of course he you know you know he, he beat our Tar Heels so. don't even bring it up don't even yeah. bring it up <laughs> I was already pretty much uh, familiar with him you know from that so um ho hopefully you know he, he's able to you know have a pretty solid impact I'm not holding him to the same standard that um um, I hope Mobley too last season because what Mobley did was just kind of, you know, just out of the ordinary. So um, I'm just looking forward to these guys bringing something good to the table. Yeah. One thing about like the Cavs, like recently, they've done a really good job drafting. Like even like you might look at like a Isaac Okoro, like he may not be outstanding, but he's shown very, very good flashes and he's still a very raw player. Like I think he can turn into something like very consistent one day. Right. And, you know, of course, Mobley, and I think Abaji, I think he's going to be somebody who's just going to be very solid 3-and-D type player at worst, which is just something that the Cavs need is just guys that can come in right now and help win games, and I think he can do that for sure. And I, I just thought it was interesting to see, like, Mobley's – the brothers are back. Like, they played on the same teams at each level. So I'm just interested to see, like, if that can turn into anything. Um, has he played – has he played in Summer League, Isaiah Mobley? Yes. Yeah, so Mobley started the first game, I believe, and he, and he did really good. He did a really good job like passing the ball from what I heard. And um I tuned into the Denver game kind of late, so I didn't get to really watch them. But um so far I've heard pretty good, pretty good things about Mobley. Um I'm not sure if he's gonna make our roster or not, but the fact that we drafted him and we're giving him a chance, uh, I think that's definitely dope to have him and his him and his brother together. So it looks like we're following the same uh same blueprint that Milwaukee's doing, how they have all of the uh, the Kumpo brothers together. We got the, the Moby brothers together. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, you know, it results in a championship <laughs> some Definitely. somehow in some weird way, hopefully. Definitely. Well, the rest of the offseason, like, you guys were pretty, I don't want to say quiet in free agency. You guys didn't make any big-time additions, but you did bring Ricky Rubio back, um, which I think was just kind of dope. You guys traded him away after he got hurt. But 
yeah. able to bring him back, I think that was dope. You gave Darius Garland the big extension, which I think can turn into like 200 plus million, which he definitely deserves. Um, but one guy that is still out there is Colin Sexton. Um, yeah. Have you heard anything? Do you expect him to be back on the roster? Man, Reek, you know, I, I feel like it's up in the air right now. Um, I think NBA free agency is in a real weird spot with the Kevin Durant news. I feel like everybody's just waiting around to see to see uh, to see what's going to happen with him. And uh, if something happens with him, or you know, if something happens with Donovan Mitchell, then I feel like we'll start to see other things happen with other players more. Um, as of right now, it's looking like we may lean towards keeping Colin Sexton for another year. Um, I feel like um, Kobe Altman and, and Rich Paul are probably going to have to meet somewhere in the middle, even if he just signs like a one-year deal, kind of like a, a prove-it type of deal or, or something, just to give him another chance with us because, you know, he, he did tear his um, ACL last season. And I'm not sure how many teams are really willing to give him a chance or like really pay him uh, what he may be looking for. So I, I feel like... Um, as a Cavs fan, I'm, I'm very optimistic about running it back with Sexton, but if something happens to where we were to end up trading him, then I, I definitely understand. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody he's somebody that you guys could definitely use, but no reason to throw him a lot of money, because like you said, he's coming off a pretty major injury. Mm -hmm. um, his scoring was missed, I think, at some points in the season. I think a lot of us expected Karis LeVert to come in and fill that role. He just wasn't as good, maybe, as Colin Sexton is, but I don't know. We'll see. I would like to see him back in Cleveland. Um, I, like you mentioned, I think a one-year prove-it type deal is probably the best way for him to go and also for you guys to go. So, you know, you can just see, like, is he worth keeping around for the long term? I think that's something definitely to keep an eye on. But it's been kind of slow for, like, restricted free agents. Like, DeAndre Ayton, there's still not really a lot of updates on that. Like, I think the Pacers are trying to get involved. Mm -hmm. But I think, like you said, like, a lot of this – predicated towards what's happening with KD and then the Jazz just announced like we we will listen to Donovan Mitchell trade so I think there's still a lot of dominoes left to fall you know for this free agency yeah yeah so it's kind of a kind of a wait and see type of thing so yeah it, it's, it's just kind of hard to say right now yeah for sure um so the last question I really have is just like you know the outlook for the future of the team um we obviously mentioned you guys have a bright future but for this next season, because that's what we're focused on, what would you deem a successful season for the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2022-2023? Let's see. So, so we won 44 games. Um, a successful season is if we increase our win total. I say um, I'm not going to – I don't want to say a 50-win season yet. I'll say uh, I'd say if we increase it by about four games, about a 48, 48 wins season, that will be successful definitely make the playoffs instead of going to the play-in again. That would also count as a successful season. And just um, growth from Darius Garland and and Mobley and us being able to, to stay healthy and continue building our, our team chemistry. I feel like if those things happen and uh, we make a playoff appearance, then I don't feel like anybody can really complain about that, that you know? Definitely. I mean, that sounds all pretty much achievable. And I think the one thing that the Cavs showed this past season is like not to place any expectations on them. I think, you know, they can easily exceed those. Like you said, 48 wins, they might be a 51 team next year. Like you never really yeah. the score for sure. Well, that's that's all the, you know, questions and stuff that I have for you. I appreciate your insight, bro. Um, once again, thank you for joining the channel. Um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, man, uh, first and foremost, 
go Cavs and you know check out my music um, I'm available on all streaming platforms the night um, I got music on Bandcamp, theunitedisrael.bandcamp.com. And also you can check out my website, theunitedisrael.com for all my content, all my music, all my videos, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, sir. Um, like I mentioned, everything's gonna be in the description. Um, I did not mention the beginning, leave a like and subscribe. And also you didn't mention you have a YouTube. I'm gonna leave that in the description as well. Yes, also YouTube. Yeah, the United Israel on there as well. Thank you for that. Yes, sir. Well, this is part four of the What's Next series featuring the United talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we'll be back next time with another What's Next video. I appreciate y'all for tuning in and we're out. Yes, Peace. Sir. Yes, sir.